0: My why is about the people, and it's about my team members and creating a future for them that they couldn't have ever dreamed of. To creating not only that, but also an amazing culture and an amazing workplace that we don't get in the corporate world today. And the fact that they are all excited to. Get out of bed and to work on projects every day that are changing their communities and it's it's not just building another shopping center to make money it's building sustainable communities and housing and clean energy and um so my my why really is that it all comes back to the people and i want to keep building businesses and creating impact that can change the trajectory of other people's lives
1: What is up, everybody? And welcome back to the Abundant Journey podcast. As always, I'm your host, Nick James. Hope you're having a great week and hope things are going good in your life. We're excited about our show today. But
2: before that, my co-host and partner in crime, Nick Offenkamp. Nick, how are you? Man, any Monday that I get to sit down with you and one of our amazing guests is a great Monday. So I am doing very, very well. How about yourself? Man, I'm doing good. You
1: know, again, we continue to talk about the beautiful Northwest weather. Our guest is as opposite of where we are as can be. Uh, Christy Candel, she is in Florida. She's reveling in the humidity and the (laughs) southern temperature. But uh, of course, we here in the Northwest have the beautiful 80 degrees with no humidity.
2: Wouldn't you agree? Yes, uh, although uh, Florida does sound very nice to me, I love the heat and everything. But tell us, uh, tell us a little bit more about Christy, and then we'll, we'll bring her on.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, again, we got a special guest today. We got Christy coming from Florida. She is an entrepreneur, a mentor, business coach. She owns over thirty real estate properties. Started multiple businesses. She's navigated uh, real estate development projects and just a go-getter. So super excited uh, for our opportunity to talk with her today. But really more than that, as I've gotten to know her, one of the things that really was clear to me is that even in all of the success, she's focused on helping others reach their goals, passing on the lessons of life, and seeing young entrepreneurs succeed. So I knew as soon as we had a conversation, we needed to have her on the show. Christy, hope I didn't talk you up too much. Thanks for being (laughs) on. How are you?
0: Hey, good. Thanks for having me. And yes, I am loving this Florida heat and humidity. Bring on the sauna. (laughs)
2: Exactly. Exactly. How long have you been in Florida now? Uh, This time around
0: uh, the fall of 2021. Okay. Uh, After college, I lived in Florida up in the Tampa Clearwater area for a couple of years and uh, before moving to California. And this time I'm in uh, Fort Myers Beach.
2: So there's a lot of debate between what's better, Florida, California. I mean, you, you seem to be voting with where you're living in Florida, but is is one a clear like head and shoulders better than the other in terms of states?
0: Uh, honestly, no. They are both amazing. When I was in Southern California, I also was huge into beach volleyball, played that yes. very competitively. Along with doing real estate and you get the mountains, the beach, the, you know, the ocean, you can still do boating there. But uh, I think, I think for me and at this period in life, uh, I'll, I'll opt for the little bit calmer, a little bit slower Southwest Florida. Beautiful blue teal water and boating weather. So that sounds they're they're both amazing, and you can't go wrong. You You also pay less taxes in (laughs) Florida, so that's a plus.
2: Uh, No doubt, Uh, that's that's awesome. Um, I mean, as Nick said in the uh, the the introduction here, you have done so much that it's it's kind of hard to even think of like, all right, well, (laughs) where do we start? Maybe if you're okay, uh, if we just kind of start at the, at the beginning of, uh, you know, what, uh, what was life like for you with, with growing up and with real estate entrepreneurship, um, everything that you're doing with helping future business leaders and, and small businesses, um, where was the foundation for a lot of that laid? Yeah. So
0: I grew up in a small farm town in Ohio And like most small towns, we did not have a lot of money. Um, But what we did have is my parents were very resourceful and had an incredible work ethic. Mm -hmm. Uh, They did whatever it took to make sure we had a roof over our head, to make sure that we had food on the table, and that we had a safe and secure environment to grow up in. So it didn't matter what the job was. If it was a janitor at the factory dad worked at, he did it to make sure that we were provided Mm -hmm. for So seeing that work ethic really just instilled in me that anything's possible. You just have to work and grind hard enough and not be above any type of job. Mm. Uh, So we, you know, then then growing up, it was, okay, well, if I want something, I've got to go earn the money to go get it. So if it was creative, if it was competitive, if it was anything, I was creating a business out of it, making money. If I wanted to get a bike, I was making these uh, magnets, farm animal magnets, and selling them to my parents' friends to put on the fridge, or making beaded necklaces and bracelets and selling them to the kids at school with their favorite sports teams or their favorite colors. Um, If it was the fall and the leaves in our yard, uh, if we had enough, I made a bike course and charged everyone a quarter to run it, and if they could beat the best time, which was mine, uh, then they could have two quarters back. Uh, So I made sure I ran that track a lot, so... (laughs) Always, always hustling, always trying to do something. Um, There was one year I wanted to get a computer. So I was like, man, that's a lot of money. It was like $2,000 maybe back in the day to get just even a basic laptop. And I was talking to my parents and mom's like, well, why don't you go present to the bank manager in our small town? Because everyone cashed their check on Saturdays from 9 to 12. And like, why don't you see if you can, you know, maybe set up a stand and, uh, we'd go to Sam's Club and get candy and sell dollar bags of candy. So I presented it to the bank manager and he's like, sure, you can do that. So I set up a stand and on Saturdays I'd sell the dollar bags of candy, had the thermometer so as the, the money went up that uh, people could see, oh, look, this is where this is going. This is going to happen. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that it was it was all of that and being a hustler. And I just absolutely loved anything to do with business and the drive and that, hey, if I did something, I could make of value I could make money for it I was all in um, and then I would say there are probably two pivotal things that really changed the trajectory of where I was going uh, the first one was uh, something that my mom did for my sister and I and my sister was obsessed with basketball wanted to be a professional women's basketball player and I wanted to be like my older sister and so I did everything like her so I too was obsessed with basketball And there was a a lady, Katie Smith, who grew up in Logan, Ohio. And she went and played basketball at Ohio State, played in the ABL and the WNBA, was a U.S. Olympian on the basketball team. And my mom sends her a letter one day without telling us. And she writes it to Katie Smith, U.S. Olympian, Logan, Ohio. And just that, no address, no anything, sends it out. We come back from basketball practice one day and she says, and it was back when we still had answering machines. So she's like... Girls, come, come listen to this. So she presses play, and I almost fell over. Katie Smith returned the call, and while she couldn't come eat our home-cooked meal that mom said she'd make for her, she was having the gym in Logan, Ohio, ded- uh, dedicated to her. And she said, why don't you guys come down for the ceremony? We'll spend some time, and I'll get to talk to you and, and go from there. Okay. Uh, so yeah, so we went down, and we hung out with Katie Smith. We held a gold medal in our hands, and just like oh my gosh, are you kidding me? So like, you literally can make anything happen if you just try, if you just are willing to put yourself out there. I was like, whoa, that's incredible. Mm-hmm. And then the the second thing was the summer before my senior year of high school, I was a little lost in where I wanted to go with life and what was going to happen because the traditional life uh, that, that many people took the course of was, hey, you know, you graduate from high school, you may or may not go to college, get married, have kids, have a family, retire, and then you start living. And I was like, well, but aren't I going to be like broken and old when I'm (laughs) retired? And like, I'm not going to want to go skydiving over San Francisco or go backpacking through Europe. I'm like, this this
2: (laughs) doesn't quite seem
0: right. I'm not sure what I want to do with that. So um, I had an amazing opportunity to go spend a month with my uncle, my mom's oldest brother in Southern California. And that changed my life forever. There were things that I learned during that month that I didn't even know existed, let alone were possible. And it just opened my mind to all the different ways that you can do life. Um, And we did everything from seeing the beaches and the mountains and Staples Center and Mm -hmm. and all the touristy stuff to we were also building computers. And he showed me the business side Mm -hmm. of things. Uh, So I came back and I went to college and I uh, went to DeVry. Thought I wanted to be a computer programmer. Learned very quickly that while it paid good money, I would have been miserable. So I switched to sales and marketing, graduated in a a four-year degree in three years, and headed off to Florida to start life.
2: Amazing. Oh, my gosh. I uh, (laughs) Well, one... I just love the uh, the hustle from such an early age. Any uh, um, any chance your mom still has some of the uh, the farm animal yeah. magnets on the the refrigerator at home or <laughs> any family? If you she ever run into them floating she, around in the world.
0: If she doesn't, I I guarantee there have to be photos somewhere. She <laughs> did a amazing job of creating these photo albums. So if she doesn't have the physical ones, I bet there are <laughs> pictures of it. That's oh yes, that's awesome. All the pigs and the cows and the, oh, yes. yes. And the people I conned into buying them, I was like, oh, well, thank
2: you. <laughs> <laughs> That's, a sucker's born every day, right? <laughs> well, and the, uh, the, the story with the
1: leaves and creating the, the racetrack reminded me of Kiyosaki on Rich Dad, Poor Dad, where they were inventing money by uh, boiling down toothpaste tubes i mean just just finding creative ways to make money and to get people to buy in so i and i'm curious in that you know with with that at an early age obviously your folks were super um they were instrumental in that and they they really it sounds like set you up to believe hey you can do anything you can go after anything aside from maybe some of the, uh, the hard work ethics, I mean, what were some of the other messages that they communicated to you? And I think that's is so important because as parents, you know, Nick and I share often where we got a bunch of little kids, what are, what are some things we can be saying now to our kids to help really propel those dreams for our kids? You know, it, it
0: watching while Watching what they did to to raise us, but then it was in what they would say. And, and mom was really good at this to where she would tell, especially my sister and I, and I have two younger brothers as well, but she would just tell us we can be and do whatever we want to do. If we set our mind to it, we can do it. And I think she was teaching us all of the principles that, that it's like, Hey, maybe I, she made tremendous strides from where she had started and she just wanted to make sure that we believed in ourselves and we knew that it was possible to where there were so many things that, that I didn't even understand growing up, but I just, I believed in the fact that I'm like, wait, if I work hard enough, I I can get that. It's not, Hey, you're a poor kid. You'll never get there. It's Hey, if you work hard enough, you're going to make it. And so I just always had this belief because I had someone always telling me, Hey, you can go do it, That I just didn't know to believe otherwise and you know looking back now i'm like wow there were so many things that that we didn't have and it it was an uphill battle but you know sometimes the things you don't know uh are you know allow you to keep going forward um
2: so well and it's like you said too, her even taking action on that and reaching out to katie smith and uh and you know who would? <laughs> I don't know many who would who would just uh, make that reach out and then and make it happen. And so for you to be able to see that from such a young age, um, oh, I'm gonna totally botch the quote. I don't even remember right now who it's by. The early morning uh, brain fog, unfortunately. But um, just this whole idea, though, that when you set out in the world with a a dream, a vision, something that you want to do, how the world is a much more malleable place than we typically assume and how uh, the world kind of changes when you've got a a mission that you're going after. It's cool to to see that, that your mom instilled that in you and that's been your experience. So with uh, college, you made the shift from computer programming to getting a, a degree in, in sales and marketing. And uh, with your uh, childhood entrepreneurial background, was it off to the races in entrepreneurship after graduating? Or did you go into more of a traditional sales marketing role with your degree? What, what were the next steps after college?
0: Uh, the next steps were getting a real job. And I think I spent about seven years in the corporate world before finally jumping fully back into being an entrepreneur. Um, I, I remember I was just ready to, to make a move somewhere out of Ohio. And for me, it was North Carolina, Florida, or California. And I thought, well, California is just too expensive and too big of a change. So I won't do that. North Carolina, too much like Ohio. I was like, I'll do Florida. Um, and so I just had the intent of I'm moving to Florida, and it was giving my dad uh major anxiety and panic attacks because he's like, Well, are you going to get a job? I'm like, oh, well, I mean, I could always wait tables, so that's fine. Uh, so I remember there was a job fair that uh that had come up, and I was like, Okay, I'm gonna fly down to Florida and I'm gonna go to this job fair and I'm gonna try and get a job. See, Dad? I'm trying. So I, I go to this job fair, and I end up giving my resume, uh, and the, the very first guy I gave my resume to uh, ended up being the company who later wanted to have an interview. And I had heard that if you didn't already live in Florida, they wouldn't really interview you because a lot of people say they're moving and then don't. So when they called for the interview, I just let them know that I came back to Ohio because I needed to finish grabbing the rest of my stuff to move down. Um, could we do a virtual interview? And at first they said yes, and then uh, they ended up saying, no, we've got to do it in person because we just have too many issues if, if you're not officially here. So I remember standing outside of the restaurant I was working at and calling my dad, and there was a plane ticket. and It was like 400 or $450 and a ton of money. And I was just like, dad, I don't know. I'm like, but if I do this, I'm investing in my future. And this is going to be a blip on the radar. And I was like, and I was talking to him. And and it was like, you know what, I'm doing it. So I bought the plane ticket. And I said, well, I bought the plane ticket. So I have to go get the job. So I went down and did the interview and got the job. And I remember thinking I was sitting at at our uh, computer desk at home when the offer came through in the amount of money and I'd had my minimum amount of money and I was like if it's anything over 30 grand I'm going to be so excited uh, just based on where everything was at and I think the offer came in at like 33 mm. or 35 or so, or no it came in at 38. Oh wow. And I about fell yeah. off the chair. I was <laughs> like are you kidding me? I'm like Dad, I got a job and it
2: pays money. Yeah. <laughs>
0: That's a- so, and that that happened to be for a sign company who built exterior signs for companies like CVS, Walgreens, yeah. um, all UPS, all the big guys. So while I wasn't in real estate development yet, I did get my foot in the door with uh, with businesses that were.
2: And was real estate... On the radar for you at this point, or I mean, coming out of college, as you had dreams and aspirations, what what did those look like, and did those shift upon moving to Florida?
0: I think I had started off wanting to just make it in the business world. At that point, part of my entrepreneurial spirit. While we had always talked throughout college, we're like, we're going to start a business, we're going to do something no idea what that business is but one day we're gonna do it. so it was like okay let's let's follow the traditional path and let's get into business and let's uh, let's see where it goes from there and let's get some life experience um, but I, it very quickly because that was actually in the fall of 7 and then in 08 when all the layoffs started happening um, and it, it got to the point where my entire office uh, except for me was laid off including my boss. And it was like, whoa! If I work for someone, there is no security. So, one, I came in when the market was at its worst, and two, I came in when the when the job market was at its worst. To where I realized that if I wanted to, um, if I wanted to have any bit of control over my life and the trajectory it was going, I had to think about how uh, building a future for myself, whether it was my own companies or investments or something like that. So, it started to really turn. Um, from that point on, and one of the companies we worked for, we we worked with Jiffy Lube at the time when they were doing their huge rebranding, and I remember working with Heartland, which is one of the largest franchise operators in the Midwest, and talking to one of their executives uh, during one of the trips out to Missouri, and I remember him telling me, and he's like, he's like, and we were talking about real estate, I was talking about smaller residential stuff that I maybe wanted to get into, and he's like, you know where the money's at? It's in commercial real estate, and I didn't even know what commercial real estate was. I hadn't really even broken into that, uh, and so that always had stuck with me, and one day in the field when I was, uh, we were doing CVS pharmacies uh, in their signage, and the developer for um, CVS, who was their preferred developer in Florida, uh, and I were out there, and I just, I elbowed one of them one day, and I was like, hey, Eric, what, what's it take to be a developer? And he's like, "Well, for us, we're a smaller company, so it's the right people. Um, and then we'll we'll train you and we'll teach you what you need to know." And I said, "Okay, cool. When are you hiring me?" <laughs> and three weeks later, uh, I started working. Uh, I started working for a developer in Clearwater, Florida. Wow. And two two weeks into that, uh, two other guys were in California doing research for a client who wanted to have us start building their stores in California. And I get a call from them and they're like, hey, can you do the sign and the landscape due diligence and kind of do this research for us for this package? And immediately my brain went, I'm getting back to California.
2: Yeah. (laughs) When they called to ask you to do that work, um, the due diligence, Mm -hmm. did that feel like that was already in your wheelhouse or was it like, yeah, I'll do that, but I got to upskill pretty quickly for it?
0: So at that point, signage, so when I had worked in the exterior signs, it's basically on a much smaller scale, everything you do in development, oh, wow. you still have to do your code research, you have to do your permitting, you've got to work with your design team, um, you've you've got to work with the contractors, get it installed, get the inspection. So it's development just on a, I guess, a smaller scale and, and less at risk. Sure. Um, so when they set it, the landscape part was... A little out of my wheelhouse, but I'm like, wait, if I research code for signs, why can't I research code for, for landscape? Too. That seems like something I can figure out. So totally.
1: yeah, that's, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, no. And I, I, you know, one of the things that I've continued to hear as you share your story is, and maybe you're not saying it, but this is the banker in me. It's your perspective on risk. And, you know, you, t- you took a risk to buy the plane ticket. You took a risk to go to Florida, and, you know, thinking about risk partnered with you can accomplish anything if you work hard enough, you know, as we continue in your story, I know you're going to share more about that and, and maybe lessons learned, but what in that, what were some things Maybe, maybe ask to ask it this way. What are some things that stop people, you think, from believing they can accomplish anything, or, or maybe what are some ways where the risk just seems too high and they're not willing to to go forward? I mean, what would you say to those guys?
0: Um, so, I I think where a lot of people stop or get held back is when they feel the fear of risk. They feel the doubt that that they opt to go back towards something they're more comfortable doing or something that feels safe. Um, whereas I just, I had such a driving force that I wanted to, after what I had seen in California and what I experienced and a whole giant world out there, I was like, I don't care if I feel fear or if I feel scared or afraid, I'm just going to go do it anyway. And I'm going to see what happens because I would always take it back to what's the worst that's going to happen. Am I going to die from this? No. No. <laughs> Okay. Well, if I'm not going to die, that's not that bad. So, why don't I just try it and see what happens? And and like every move I ended up making in life, when it's going from one place to another and completely changing my community, um, I always knew you can always go home, hmm. but you can't always go back and change what you didn't end up doing.
2: That's really good. Really good perspective. And uh, in terms of just. Right. There, there is a kind of a human nature, gravitational pull towards sticking with what's known and with what's comfortable. But I think that we have this false sense um, that well, if I make this big change, then I can never go back. And actually, I think most of us have more of a safety net than perhaps we realize um, when it comes to, to taking risk. And so I just jotted down uh, kind of a summary of your point of just, yeah, don't confuse risk with, with discomfort um, or, or don't uh, don't think that oh, just because it's not comfortable doesn't mean it, it isn't worth doing. Um, so you'd mentioned, uh, you had you moved over to working with the developer and then had the opportunity to work on a project in California. Did the developer move you to California or how long was that project or uh, what's the transition from, uh, from Florida to Cali?
0: Well, the, uh, competitive side of me came out tremendously in this, but I think it was in August that. I got the call that we were doing code research for it was it was Family Dollar. They had their stores throughout the everywhere except for California and there's still some states they aren't in but they wanted to get into the California market. Uh, so and looking through the development company, they all had wives and kids and deep roots in Florida and I just looked around and I'm like I'm going to be the one to go open this office because I had the least if, if this doesn't work, because we didn't know, would this work? Would Family Dollar want California? Would my company want California? Would it, any of it work? I told him I was the lowest risk option that I could go out there. We could see if it works. And then if it does, then then some of the guys with families could then move out. There's an established program. And it took, it took probably, well, it was December of that year where at the same time where Thought we had come to, okay, you're going to be the one, but then there was a huge discrepancy in salary and position, like what that was actually going to be because, you know, I go from living on the beach in Florida to a, it just, it was, it was quite the negotiation. Right. Um, and at one point I thought, okay, this is just not going to happen. But in the end, it turned out that that it ended up working out and I opened their office in Orange County, California. And then we ended up, uh, working on and building 30 ground up new construction family dollars throughout the state of California from San Francisco down to Calexico along the Mexico border, wow. uh, and had to set up teams of architects, engineers, environmental consultants, geotech, traffic consultants, the, the gamma in each region, work through all these new jurisdictions. Um, and it was, it was. A crash course in development uh, that was incredible. and it's what built my foundation for, hey, I've now worked in arguably the toughest state to mm-hmm. do entitlements and permitting and all the red tape. And I survived. And now I have the confidence to go,, hmm, maybe I'm gonna, maybe I could do this on my own.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, totally. And that and that's similar to some advice we've recently heard a lot of times, I think naturally as humans, we're bent toward finding the easier path or the shortcut, but yet so often the path through the more difficult challenge or the thing that's, one, it grows us the most, but two, it's kind of that confidence boost of, hey, if I can do it here, then I can certainly do it on my own because I've already gone through the harder path. Yep, exactly.
0: Exactly.
2: So you got me on the edge of my seat. So you, you've uh, you've killed it in uh, California working for the developer. You've learned a ton, and now you're seeing opportunity around you. So what's what's the next step?
0: Yeah. So we at that point it was it really became second nature to where I I was starting to get bored because once I found with myself that once I have set up the solution, I've got the steps, I've got the systems and processes. then I'm bored and I'm ready to go do something else. So set up the team. They're all ready for success on that end. And then I had talked to uh, a developer in Newport Beach who was building. And that stuff had all been like single tenant, one to two acre projects. We were doing family dollar rollout programs or CVS pharmacy. And I wanted to do, I wanted to see what does it take to build a whole shopping center? Or what does it take? We want the shopping center. We want these out parcels of the different businesses. I want to build... Uh, larger developments. So I started working with a developer in Newport Beach. And we we did anywhere from five to 30 acre projects with numerous tenants, multi tenant buildings, um, residential, commercial, industrial. And it took me all of three months to realize that the larger projects are the exact same process. And everyone thinks they're harder. So they actually give you more time and more money. so I was like oh this is actually easier so it was it was really at that point where I had come to a head and I'm like I am making really really great money in an amazing state I am playing very competitive beach volleyball all the time I, i and I was still working ridiculous hours all of this came with you know sixty to eighty hour weeks, but it was yeah. hey I'll sleep when I'm dead, and so I'm going to make sure <laughs> that I have as much fun as work, and um, yeah, so so that's when I was like, if I don't take the leap now, and if I don't leave this cushy six figure job now, I'm probably never going to take the jump, and I couldn't have lived with that. Mm. So that's when it was time to get uncomfortable again.
2: Yeah. Absolutely. So, uh, so what what kind of options were you seeing as you were about to make the jump, and what did you ultimately jump into next?
0: Honestly, I I just knew in my gut I had to go, um, and. So I thought, okay, well, everyone needs a development project manager. I can always go back and work for another developer. So I'm not going to die. I can go back and work for someone. I could even wait tables if for some reason nobody at any development company wants to hire me again. So I'm like, okay. Um, So without any, I had like a, a small client that could have created some amount of money to at least I have enough food to where I could eat throughout the month. And I had no idea how it would work. But I said, why don't I start a consulting company, and I can go work with all the developers. And I now had tons of relationships in California at that point, so um, I thought, well, maybe once I get the word out, then opportunity will come. So, And if it's consulting, then it's just, I have no overhead, and I'm just creating, uh, it's my time for for the money, and I'll figure it out. So I reduced all my expenses down to nothing, got rid of my apartment, um, and I bought a, a new SUV. And I, when I was testing them out, I laid in the back of each one and I'm like, okay, if I'm homeless, can I sleep in here? Okay. Uh, that'll, that'll work. Now granted, none of my friends or anyone would have allowed me to be homeless, but I was like, what's sure the bit. worst case scenario? Yeah. <laughs> I make no money. I have no home. Can I sleep in my car? Okay.
1: Wow, no that's, <laughs> so, yeah. well and that, and that's so good I, I love that part of your story because it was an absolute willingness to do what it took but'm I'm, I'm curious to go a little bit deeper here and a little further in the fact that it wasn't you weren't making some jump to multi-million dollar opportunity I mean this, had the potential to fall flat on its face so much so that you were trying out vehicles that you could sleep in. What was the driving force for you? Because you're right. I mean, you had the money, you had the fun, you were learning, maybe aside from feeling super challenged, but what was your driving force that said, hey, I, I'm going to make a change and I'm going to do what it takes to be successful?
0: The driving force for me was the fact that, you know, I'm in Southern California, and that's the land of where anything is absolutely possible. And I would, you know, we could hang out with regular people, we could hang out with millionaires or billionaires, and you got to see the gamut of all of that. And the thing that really kept striking me is that they weren't happy. Mm -hmm. And even if they were wildly successful with money, they just weren't happy. And it really made me question, why, why am I climbing this ladder? Where is this ladder actually going? And do I want to go there? Um, and it really, I, I just didn't like who I was turning into and getting further away from my roots and what I really wanted out of life. And so chasing things just to make money, to be successful on paper just wasn't, cutting it for me. And I was like, I don't know what it is. And I don't know exactly what I'm shooting for. But I know that I needed to completely change direction. And I know that I've always been an entrepreneur. I know a ton about real estate uh, development now. And I've just got to give this a shot. And basically, if doing what everyone told me to do and climbing the ladder and following the path and doing that wasn't it, maybe if I just do the exact opposite, uh, we'll see what happens. And then it felt like every time I I did the exact opposite of what you were supposed to do, the universe then rewarded me in ways that I was like, wait, what? Like it it, it was like, oh no, good job. Like as you did the exact opposite and now I'm going to reward you tenfold. Did the exact opposite again, only even in a bigger step. And it kept doing that's where I'm like, I think I'm just supposed to keep doing the opposite of what everyone tells us to do because it's working and it's fun. And Yeah. So, and it was, it was in that first year, I I had met so many people, I picked up different contracts. And when I looked back at the end of the first year, I had made six figures. Wow. I was like, are you kidding me? I'm like, my year sabbatical as my worst case scenario turned into, wait, I can have another year. And then we forexed after the, the first year and I started then bringing on people and I was like, "Whoa!" like this is, this is a company and now I can bring more people into this world. And it just kept spiraling from there to where it's like, I must be doing something that the, the, the universe is responding and it's saying, yes. So I'm just going to keep going and, and listening. And yeah.
2: That's awesome. Yeah. I love that. I mean, I've heard so many times, uh, it just, it seems to be a theme with the folks that we've interviewed on this podcast where when everybody else is going left and you turn right, like, yeah, you're going against the, the grain, but there has been, that's where people find huge opportunity, huge reward. I'm, I'm curious, um, you know, what were some of the, as you look back now, um, uh, more practical like secrets to the, the success of getting your um, consulting business started? If you were to do it all again, what would you for sure repeat right away any and what would you change or, or do differently
0: I think I had some really incredible mentors uh that helped me prior to starting my company um and then after that just gave me such good life and and business advice um so I had I had a civil engineer who really took me under his wing and showed me the ropes of of the, the real estate world in California, but also it was about people. And that's what he really taught me. It was mm-hmm. like, he's like, I will go sit in a room and I might say 10 words during this whole meeting. That doesn't mean I wasn't paying attention. That doesn't mean I wasn't uh, very involved in this. He's like, I was getting the lay of the land to understand what their stance was, what their position was, so I could understand how to formulate our story and our response back to them so that way... We could give our client and the customer what they need on this development project, but also give the city, also give that agency what their community wants and needs. Um, And so it really all boiled down to relationships. And I learned very early on that do not burn bridges because while you might be hiring someone someday in this position, you're going to switch companies and they're going to switch companies and now they're going to be the person hiring you. And if you did not treat them with respect and and in a kind manner, then it can easily come back on you. And it's really, it's just relationships and it's people. And the more you get into being an entrepreneur and into business, it's literally, it's why I wake up and get and so excited to start the day every single day now, because it's the people on my team, it's the people that we're working with, it's the lives that we're changing, and it, it truly just boils down to relationships and people and listening more than talking. And yeah.
2: That's really good. Um, I mean, one, just having a mentor, uh, or mentors that are speaking in early on in your, um, the startup of, of your business, um, and then getting that advice from them and really taking that to heart of valuing the, the relationships above all else. That's, that's huge. Do you feel like early on there were any missteps or mistakes that y- you learned from that sucked at the time but proved to be really valuable later on in your entrepreneur journey?
0: Tons. I <laughs> like to just drive right in and charge at things. And I can be very overwhelming to a lot of people. And when I first came like to the California market, for example, I was a young female who was not only, everyone I worked with was probably 20 to 30 years older than me, but being a female as well, and I was also doing the construction management of these projects, so I'm walking in on a job site to superintendents and construction guys who are like, who's this kid, and really, she's going to tell us what to do, so I thought I had to have a certain attitude and a certain approach. And it it really, uh, another mentor I had, he he, uh, ran a general contracting company and he pulled me aside one day because he had put his best overall project manager and we were doing, I don't know, say 10, 10 construction projects with them at a time on the different deals. And he had his best project manager on it and we were just driving each other crazy. And he pulled me aside and he just gave me some advice that, that if I were to, to, I didn't have to come in as hard. I didn't have to come in as stiff. I, there could be some flexibility. And it was learning the dynamic of the people and, and understanding how to get them to respect you without coming in with the, the hammer and going, because I'm the boss, uh, that there's so many more ways to go about it. So you yeah, know, I'm so grateful that he did because it turns out that his uh, project manager that he had on it and I we went on and we've worked for years and multiple different companies and clients and projects and have mad respect and understand that we both had the same end goal, but I didn't know how to communicate that yet. So I think, uh, oh, just really honing in on relationships and communication and getting better and better at how to how to read a room, how to approach each person differently. And and same with getting employees. I guarantee you, I am not the best manager in the world. That's why I put other people in place who, who are and can make that work. Um, and I'm trying every day to get better and we create it to where it is open and that we can have these conversations because like, I mean, nobody's perfect, but it's just, you have to understand your weaknesses and where you can then fill in the gaps and, and just also vulnerable it's okay to be like i'm not perfect i used to Hmm. think i had to be perfect and do everything just right and perfect is not only impossible but it's exhausting Mm -hmm. and as long as people see that you're making strides and you're taking steps to improve and be better that's all they want they don't need you to be perfect they just need to see that you're trying
2: that's good i wonder too if uh if in some ways the uh stepping away from the standard of perfection and instead being an example of making strides actually makes everybody else around you better too, because then you take out a lot of the fear of them having to perform perfectly and they can follow you in that, Hey, we're all doing our best. We're getting better every day. I don't know. Did you see some of that cultural shift? Has that changed within yourself?
0: Yep. A hundred percent because if I'm willing to be open and vulnerable and saying I'm not perfect, then it allows my team. It allows our partners. It allows everyone to do the same and know that it's okay. Like you're not going to be fired for not being perfect or you're not it, it perfect again, just doesn't exist. And I think when we're authentically communicating and it's when we've worked as well as we ever have as a team and we, we continue to make greater and greater strides and, Uh, I've noticed when I will admit and if say I say there was a bad week or I had a short response to someone on normally, I'll try and shoot them a text and be like, whoa, my bad. I did a short response off of that. Like, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have done that. And just by putting it out there, then I've seen it in their conversations back to me if if, uh, something were to come up on there. And then they'll be like, Oh, yeah, my bad. So I think, I think it's just Yeah, being vulnerable helps allow everyone else to just be human. And that's what we are
1: yeah absolutely, absolutely. And I, I think in that we are all, like you said, trying to get better. We're all working towards the same thing. You know, the whether it was other folks on the project or folks on your team, everybody's working toward the same goal. And so the more you realize that you're better together and the more that that humility comes in and being humble and willing to to make mistakes and learn from those mistakes, I think that just propels you that much further. Than, you know trying to do it all either either do it all yourself or 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 act like you have it all figured out so well in that you know this is you know kind of thinking through the journey what is the day in the life look like for you right now what are some things you're focused on on the horizon in terms of are you still doing the consulting business what uh how do you spend a lot of your time now
0: so now, uh, at this point, I'm a year into the strategic coach program, which is for entrepreneurs, uh, and what they really practice and hone in on are your four freedoms of um, of time, uh, purpose, uh, relationship, and uh, money. And what those do is that's the foundation of, okay, this is what we want to achieve and do. And at first, it's all about how do I get freedom of money? And how do I free that up to where I can go do all the other things? Um, but part of that then is they then tear it off into create a self-managing company. And with that, it really teaches you and gives you the tools to help empower your team to where they are self-managing. And if you hire the right people and you have the right tools and systems in place, then you're empowering and elevating them to go do their job and to keep continuing to grow up and eventually multiplying. Um, So with that being said, I have the consulting company at this point, we've got nine employees, Uh, we have our customized project management software, and the, the daily work that we have in that is managed by the team. And I'm still copied on emails and I still have oversight, but a lot of the daily work is run by our team members. And it's been so incredible this past year to watch them all step up into different leadership roles. And it allows me to really see a a much larger vision for our future of where we're going. Um, And as a team, a couple of the things that we're really focusing on, we just came out with our 2026 Vivid Vision Um, But we really want to continue focusing on clean energy projects um, and affordable housing. And clean energy projects, we're actually building the hydrogen fueling stations for the hydrogen-powered cars um, in California. There's about 15,000 hydrogen-powered cars in California, so we're building the stations to refuel those. We're also in the process of building the heavy-duty stations for the semi-trucks. Um, but then the affordable housing is another a huge issue that it doesn't matter. And I've lived in a lot of communities. It doesn't matter where you live. It's always the same issues that you cannot make enough to survive, to put a roof over your head, to, to get through. And we're creating a larger and larger gap. Um, so I was in a mastermind in 2020 where, uh, a developer put a program together because there really isn't one. And it was showing how to get through the, the LIHTC and the 4% and 9% tax credits and how to make these affordable deals actually affordable um, and to, to build them. So we're actively working on becoming the developer of those, whether it's retrofitting an existing building or building new ground-up construction um, in the markets. Uh, so we're, we're focusing on uh, Nevada, Ohio, Florida, um, Arizona, and Connecticut for those to start. And that's mostly because that's either where I currently own uh, investment property or we have strategic partnerships. Um, so trying to go deeper in each market we're in, as opposed to being spread too thin across uh, more. So that's the consulting is still very strong. And we we're looking to get into a couple different development projects with that same team. Um, and then separately, I have a real estate investment portfolio that the money I make from the consulting company, I've bought a, uh, multi-family properties, um, throughout the country and then, uh, created a property management company essentially to run all of those. Um, and then now we're, we're branching into a, a couple different avenues. Um, I do live in Fort Myers beach, Florida, which got, uh, annihilated by um. the hurricane last year, uh, where 90% of the community is completely gone. So uh, we put together uh, a database of resources to help homeowners rebuild. Um, there's going to be, it's going to be a rebuilding for 7 to 15 years. So uh, at some point in the future, uh, right now we're just sharing resources and trying to do whatever we can to, to help homeowners who can stay on the island stay. Um, but in the future, I'm sure there will be a fund of sorts. There will be some type of development um, that we get into that that we'll do here. And uh, the other avenue that we're doing is um, is creating a, a mastermind and a coaching community, uh, because every every conference that I, I've gone to recently and people that I've talked to, uh, there's just a huge need for for sharing the the information that I've been uh, that I've learned over the years and my development experience across the country that that just if I can share different tools and insights, and I mean, if I can come from a very small farm town in Ohio and figure this out and find a way to do it, then anybody can come do this. There was, There's nothing special about me. It's just I didn't quit. I didn't give up. When I felt fear, I jumped into it and said, cool, let's see what happens. Um, so it's just not stopping. So if there's anything I can give back to other people, because the quality of life and the freedom that I that I have in my life today I want to share with as many people as possible and to pull them out of the rat race and show them a different future.
2: Yeah. I love that. And that's, uh, I mean, so much of why I think you immediately resonated with, uh, us and, uh, a similar sort of uh heartbeat behind, uh, being able to help people achieve financial freedom, help them to be able to pursue their dreams. And, um, And beyond just doing that for themselves, I mean, really making the community and world around them a better place, which, you know, you've been so successful in. That's it's a beautiful thing with uh, real estate development where you take something that was uh, dirt and you help realize its highest and best use. Mm -hmm. And um, so to take that same sort of mindset to individuals and, and help them to realize their full potential. That's, that's really exciting. Um, maybe before we turn to kind of our last, uh, round of questions here, but I am curious, um, you've touched on it some, um, but just your, your why for, uh, For a lot of this. I mean, you mentioned making good money, working for a developer in California, but seeing that, okay, the money in and of itself is nice, but it doesn't satisfy. There's a lot of unhappy people um, around you. So... Um, I mean, when the when the days are hard or when the work is hard and it would be kind of like, oh, I, I wouldn't mind just being done with all this, um, what is it that, that keeps you getting up, keeps you grinding, keeps you not only um, doing what you've done so well with the consulting business, but even pressing the gas pedal to start new things yep. um, yes. like the, the mastermind and coaching community?
0: Well, I have on my uh, my desktop... A reminder and it has a picture of the of the beach at sunset and it says remember that once you dreamed of being where you are now and sometimes that can get a little lost but when I see that every day it's like yeah if I could have told the kid that I'd be here now with today's problems and today's things I would have been thrilled I would have said yes please sign me up so it helps put things in perspective uh, yeah. quite a bit but uh, a couple of years ago, when I when my seventy five grand of student loans were paid off, I always thought I'd have a sugar daddy to do that or something <laughs> or some magical fairy, and it turns out it was me in real estate. Um, but when those were paid off and when my investment properties were creating enough passive income that that it was like, oh, well, I actually don't need another contract. And then I really had to think about what is my why. I've been fighting and, and pushing so long to get to this point. Now what? And that's when I really. Doug Deep and I understood what is my why? My why is about people. And it's about my team members and creating a future for them that they couldn't have ever dreamed of. To so creating not only that, but also an amazing culture and an amazing workplace that we don't get in the corporate world today. And the fact that they are all excited to get out of bed and to work on projects every day that are changing their communities. And it's, it's not just building another shopping center to make money. It's building sustainable communities and housing and clean energy. And, um, so my, my why really is that it all comes back to the people. And I want to keep building businesses and creating impact that can change the trajectory of other people's lives. Because if we can create that ripple effect, like, that's going to grow so much at some point to where, you know, we're, we're just doing our part. And that's, that's what gets me out of bed in the morning. That's what gets me so excited is who else can we, whether it's a great operator of a small business and helping them scale, if it's a team member, if it's growing our company to where we can hire more people, it's how can we help enhance everyone else's life that we touch every day? Yeah,
1: no, that's... That's, that's such a great answer. And again, the why just has to go beyond money because you've seen all forms of that. It's got to go beyond success. You've seen all forms of that. You've had some of that yourself, but it's about people and it's about making a difference. And I love that. And that's again, why we knew we'd wanted you on the show. Maybe one more question here before we bounce to the, the, the final round here, what advice would you give to people who are either just starting out or, listening to this and hey they want to be where you're at down the road I mean maybe maybe cond- you can't condense it all but maybe what's one thing you would say to motivate them
0: I would say that when you want to stop and you want to give up just do one more hmm. just try one more thing take one more step uh, because so many times when I've pushed myself beyond where I thought I can't I can't take another step. I can't go further, and I did. And then it just—you—you you start to believe in yourself, and you believe that no, really, if I—if I'm willing to put in the work, if I just don't give up, it's going to happen. Um, and it's—you're going to have hard days and long nights. Like, don't expect there to be a fairy tale and peaches and roses and whatever. Like, life is tough, but also remember that the end goal isn't the top of that ladder or the end goal isn't when you achieve X, Y, or Z life is about the journey and every single day and being present and what you're doing that day and the people you encounter and interact with, just enjoy it and never give up. great.
1: I, nothing more to say. I mean, we can end it here, but we're going to ask you the questions that we ask. Uh, All of our guests. So in that, let's jump over to the gold nugget round. So this is one of the things that um, just pick one of these categories. We talk about the five F's of abundant journey. So we got family, finance, faith, fitness, and future. So give us one of those categories that you're focused on this year and how you're working to improve yourself
0: think i will pick future um that's one that that i've been thinking of a lot and especially in launching the the coaching mastermind community um and really thinking about how can we reach a greater uh number of people and to to help them be successful and it's creating a community that that is um active inspiring and able to to Give them practical tools that they can use and, and also see um, that it's normal people doing this. There isn't some magical thing. You're not born a special way. It's just normal people doing this and give them the tools that they can go and do it. So um, it, it would be coming up with the overall plan for how that comes uh, laid out and you know, seeing where we're at in three years, five years. and
1: I love that. We're excited to watch that journey and see that continue to grow and excited to see how that happens. Well, next one here, what's a quote from a book or mentor that stuck with you along your journey?
0: I don't know who said it, uh, but it rings really true. It's that life doesn't get easier. We just get better at dealing with the hard. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, it's so true in every aspect of life. And I remember seeing senior people in the industry and how they'd be so calm and cool after like our whole project just blew up. And it was, it was just experience and it was understanding that, okay, well, here's this and here's how we're going to react. And, you know, we're not going to let it take over. So I think by putting things in perspective, uh, it really helps a lot.
1: That's good. We've all had that. And, you know, when those types of situations come up, how do you deal with it? And, you know, to be able to learn from those people who, uh, who handle it well, that's a, that's a lesson for life right there. Uh, next one. What's a dream or goal that you have that you've not been able to make happen yet?
0: So the current dream, uh, would be would be twofold. Um, One is to have the private jet so my furry kid can uh, can travel with me because she has made it quite clear she's done driving in the car cross country (laughs) anymore. But what that means is if there is a private jet, it means that we have done such amazing things in all of the companies and businesses that we have that we have created generational wealth for our team members that we've created such an amazing community in our coaching community it, it just means that everything that we're working on has exponentially gotten better mm. um and then we can you know throw everyone on the private jet and go down to some island in the caribbean and yeah you know, spend a week on a beach and go all right what's yeah, next right. who else are we bringing on this journey <laughs> that's
2: right that's great. Oh. Uh, sign me up. I want to right. on that <laughs> journey. <laughs> when are you hiring <laughs> us? <laughs> yeah. oh.
0: Well, you know, strategic partnerships. Are exactly. That, so oh, I
1: know. Well, oh, that's awesome. Well, last one here at the end of your life. And I mean, you've you've painted the picture of the beach, but you've said that's not the end. So hey, at the end of life, what do you hope you'll be remembered for?
0: I always struggled with that one because I thought it had been centered around your ego and, and what's this amazing thing that you did. But really, I I hope that it's that I was open and vulnerable and authentic and was a person that everyone enjoyed, no matter what the conversation was, that they just thoroughly enjoyed and felt valued in that conversation that we had and that friendship and that relationship and whatnot. So. Something I'm still working on every day, but if if that can be what's said, then I've done something pretty good. It's yeah. good. Mm-hmm.
2: yeah, and I love how consistent that is with i mean your your why for just it's about people it's about making people's lives better. It's about, um, being generous with everything that you've learned and all of the success that you've achieved. And instead of just hoarding that for yourself, how to share that and distill that among as many people as possible. And so I'm, uh, so grateful for you, for the way that you're wired. I uh, am so excited for everything that you're going to continue to uh, build with um, your own mastermind and, and coaching community. And so s- speaking of that, as we're wrapping up here, Christy, what is the best way for people to connect with you? And especially as you are building up this mastermind uh, coaching, I mean, maybe if you want to send people to, to consulting, but also um, I think that that mastermind for our uh, audience in particular is going to be really valuable so what's the the best place for people to follow along and get involved
0: yeah so we uh just launched the website so it's christycandle.com k-r-i-s-t-i-k-a-n-d-e-l um and from there there's there's links to all the social platforms um and that will give the the baseline for everything that we're doing um And it also has a a short book, what we're putting out is we'll put out a mini series of just short stories that can kind of tell, tell people in a in a short, fun way of like, okay, here's, here's the overall story, here's some different development stories and experiences, here's Uh, some real estate investing ups and downs and long-term rentals and airbnbs and and tenants that don't move out and just here's life stories like how i got a passport in less than 24 hours to make sure i didn't miss out on a trip to paris um so yeah so just you know being being human sharing the stories so yeah you can uh find me on christycandle.com
2: That's awesome. Well, I definitely recommend that uh, all of our listeners go and check out the website. I know I'm going to be reading those short stories because stories are my love language. And so uh, being able to to hear those and, and continue to learn lessons from your life and those within your orbit. That sounds amazing. Um, really, really grateful for all of your time here. Listeners, thank you for joining us today. Do make sure to check out the AbundantJourney.net website where you can find all of the show notes, all of the links to um, to Christy's site and social media and everything that she's got going. And uh, also you can subscribe to our newsletter there, and we would love to stay in touch with you that way as well. But Nick, unless you got anything else for us, man, I think that that is a a wrap. Wonderful, wonderful interview. Thank you, Christy. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, thanks, listeners. We'll see you next time.